Question. We are back in the studio for yet another Mind Reels play. Yes. Um, no sense surprising anybody with our cash. We can just walk around the table. And, uh, I, get, I get the very industrious part of the announcer and an officer. Yeah. Um, you're playing Caroline. Caroline. Which is a huge stretch for you because you usually keep like one or two lines. I actually cast the whole thing and then I was like, oh, I didn't give myself a single line. <laughs> <laughs> I'll fix that. Excellent. And playing uh, what the inspector and no the chief, chief, Sorry, chief and chief. the aunt or oh, aunt. aunt, aunt and Mrs. Walters. Walters. Harry Potter. Hooray! 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 Right. Tonight, because the other two are so still so to be back. Are you first timer too? I'm a first timer. Me too. Yeah. Nice. And that's why I was determined. I was like, I'm never gonna get a chance to have you both. In right. <laughs> It'd be awesome. Actors and their schedules. Right. Yeah. So we've got. Oh, you are the inspector and Betsy. Betsy, Betsy Mac. Mac. The wonderful Kate Cullen. Hey. And rounding out as the genteel and charming lone wolf. Suave. Suave. <laughs> Sometimes. Confused. Sometimes with an accent. Confused lone wolf, yes. Generally confused. Generally confused. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all of it. All of it. Melissa O'Neill. Hey, thank you for having me. So, oh, it's from 1931. Okay. So, which is great. Um, We are drinking uh, a capsule tonight, the Noble Experiment. Use them. And turtles! This is a experiment. Turtles! Um, so yeah, uh, this is from 1931. It was adapted by John H. Dilson from Boston's Lone Wolf Terror. I think it's easily one of the older scripts we've done, too. Because yeah. most of them are from are later in the 30s yeah. or 40s. Yeah. 1931. Right. It's going to be interesting. Did you see that it says you're polite and well-mannered? Are you saying something like mild-mannered? <laughs> You got right? a description! <laughs> who knew? No. Who knew? <laughs> also suave. You yeah. are suave. Almost go. all the time. Almost, almost. exactly. Almost, almost all the time. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Unless okay. there's no ginger ale, they've got nothing. Or cake. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Nobody knows what we're talking about. <laughs> you will we'll find out. But they will. Okay. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The Mind Rails brings to you, at this time, another mystery drama from real life. Tonight, we will unfold the story of Boston's Lone Wolf Terror. Adapted from Startling Detective Adventures magazine for November. How helpless women cowered in terror as a wolf-like phantom swooped down on the city of Boston, taunting the police with their inability to trap him. He continued on his meteoric way until one day this lone wolf was brought to bay. As the curtain rises, we find Miss Betsy Mack in her apartment about to retire for the night when the telephone rings. Ring! Hello? Oh, hello, Grace. What's the trouble? What? You left your pocketbook here. Well, where did you leave it? On the piano. Oh, all right. I'll bring it to you when we meet for lunch tomorrow. Say, Grace, I think your friend is very nice, and he's some bridge player. I'm sorry we couldn't have played longer, but you know, must get the old beauty sleep. What? Oh, no, I won't forget it. See you tomorrow. Good night. Nick, I beg your pardon. <laughs> don't scream, please. <laughs> if you do, it will only cause a lot of trouble for everybody. <laughs> but who are you, and what do you want? 
Permit me to introduce myself. I am the Lone Wolf. <gasps> you? Yes. Yes, I see you recognize the name. And you are Miss Betsy Mack, according to the name in the letterbox downstairs. What do you want here? Well, I hope I shall be amply rewarded for the hours I spent under your bed. You know, I thought your friends would never go home. Do you, do you always wear that handkerchief over your face? Always. <laughs> and, and do you have to keep pointing that revolver at me? Well, no, but some women become very nervous and excited and like to exercise their vocal cords by screaming. This little gun seems to be a pacifier. But you don't need, you needn't worry, I won't scream. I suppose you came to rob me. Well, take what you want and get out! Please don't hurry me. In fact, I refuse to be hurried. We have the whole night ahead of us. And to tell the truth, I'm, I'm beginning to enjoy your company. Well, I'm not enjoying yours. <laughs> no? Oh, well, I'm, I'm sorry. I was hoping you would invite me to have something to eat. I'm rather hungry after my sojourn under the bed. And you know, if you've read the papers, that I always have lunch with my, shall I say, benefactress. Will you please leave here at once? I'm sorry, but I couldn't think of it. I never leave until morning. That's something else you know, if you've read the papers. What do you want anyway? Your money and your jewelry. Where is it? I'll not tell you. <laughs> then I'll have to tie you up while I go through the apartment. You wouldn't dare. Oh, wouldn't I? I'll show you. Sit in that chair. Do you hear? I'm not fooling. I mean it. That's better. Now you behave yourself and we'll get along fine. I'm sorry, but I'll have to use this lab cord. It seems to be the only thing handy. I can't afford to take any chances while I'm looking over the place. I guess this will hold you all right. There. Now. I'll have to use your stocking for a gag. You fiend! You devil! <laughs> I guess that will keep you quiet for a while. <laughs> now, to start on my treasure hunt, I'll begin with your bureau. <laughs> ah, yes. Here is your pocketbook in the usual place, hidden among your clothes. Well, let's see what's in it. My, this is luck. A hundred and fifty dollars and a lovely wristwatch. I don't see anything else worth taking, so I'll see what your friend has in her pocketbook. On the piano, I think she said. <laughs> <laughs> Will you excuse me for a few minutes? Is that all it is? One o'clock. Your friend hasn't much in her pocketbook. Ten eighty-five. However, every little bit helps. You don't mind if I help myself to something to eat and drink, do you? Oh, you don't? <laughs> well, isn't that nice of you? Ah, I could only find a bottle of ginger ale and some cake. It isn't much, but it will do. Now, I'll have to put out the light so I can remove the handkerchief from my face. But first, I'll remove the gag from your mouth so you can talk to me. <clears throat> ah, there you are. It's off. Now, for the lights. Click. Will you, will you do me one favor? What's that? Oh, please give me back the wristwatch. My mother gave it to me. Ah, sure. I'll give it back to you when I leave. You know, this isn't bad cake. It's better than the cake I got at the last house I was in. If I don't stop eating cake in these houses I visit, the papers will be calling me a cake eater instead of the lone wolf. <laughs> Why do you do these things? 
these things, breaking into people's homes and robbing them. Why? Because I get a kick out of it. And I like to prove to the cops what sapheads they are. I enjoy reading what the papers say about me. You know you'll be arrested someday, don't you? The cops will never get me. They're not smart enough. Why, I've written them letters telling them just what I intended to do, and still, they can't catch me. They will. Not until I give up. <laughs> now, I hate to do this, but I've got to gag you again because I've got to get some sleep. Won't you just please go now? Not until morning. Can't take any chances. You're going to gag me and keep me wired to this chair all night? Ah, you guessed right the very first time. Where's that light switch? Ah, there it is. Now, I can see what I'm doing. Where is that stocking? Oh. You know, stockings make great gags. <laughs> there, I guess you're safe for the night. Well, pleasant dreams. What was that? Seven o'clock. I slept later than I intended. Oh, good morning, miss. I'm sorry, I can't stay for breakfast, but I must be getting along. I'll telephone the janitor in a little while to come up and release you. And remember this, if I get caught, don't you dare identify me. If you do, God help you. Goodbye, and thanks for your hospitality. Dong, dong, dong. Chief, I've just finished my investigation of the Makoff robbery. What did you find out this time? Just what we found the other times. <laughs> Nothing! We went over everything carefully, hoping, hoping we might find a fingerprint. Nothing but smudges. He is certainly one clever crook. What did he get from this girl? A hundred and fifty dollars and a wristwatch. And ten eighty-five from a pocketbook belonging to another girl. Miss Max said he promised to give her the watch back, but he didn't. Oh, did she know the make and number of the watch? No. Oh. But she had it cleaned last August while visiting her hometown, so I asked her to write to the jeweler for the data. Smart. If we can get this information <laughs> before he tries to pawn it, we may get him. Was this girl wired to a chair too all night? Yes. What time did he leave the house? Miss Max says around seven. Shortly after he left, she managed to work herself free and called the janitor's wife for help. It was the janitor's wife who notified us. About 10 o'clock this morning, the janitor came up and said a man had rung him on the telephone and said, will you go up to Miss Max's apartment and see what she wants? She's not feeling very well today. If you can't get in, use your own latch key. Very considerate of him, wasn't it? Yes. Could this Mac girl give you any description of him? She said he was probably around 30 years of age, 5 feet 10 or 11 inches, mm -hmm. and weighed about 170 pounds. Mm. Dark complexion, dark hair, and wore a gray suit, gray overcoat, and a gray hat. Didn't his other victim describe him the same way? Practically. <laughs> I tell you, Inspector, we've got to get this man. It's the last thing we do. The papers have been giving him headlines every time he pulls a job, and they always end the article by saying, Where's the police? Hey, hey here's a letter for you, Chief. Thanks. <laughs> What's this? <gasps> Listen, Inspector. Okay. To the Chief of Police. That's me. Here's a tip. My next victim... Vic excuse me. <laughs> That's his victim. Just, that's a victim. I always get my X's and C's mixed up. I know. 
My next victim lives on Queensbury Street. I shall visit there tonight. Catch me if you can. Signed, The Lone Wolf. Oh, the nerve of him. The brass of him. This is making me very hard and bitter. He even tells us what he's going to do and we still can't get him. Inspector, I want Queensbury Street patrolled from one end to the other. And Chief? If he's written the truth, we'll trap this wolf tonight. I wonder. Gong, gong, gong. Gee, Aunt Angus, that was a good show tonight, wasn't it? Yes, Caroline, that was the best play I've seen in a long time. I was just crazy about the leading man, wasn't you? Yes, he was very good, but let's not talk about it anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I'm over it. <laughs> so the things to do now. It's after 12 o'clock and I need to get up early in the morning. All right, Aunt. Good night. Good night, dear. If you make a sound, I'll shoot. I want you two to lie there in bed and keep perfectly quiet. If you do, everything will be okay. What are you going to do? Well, I'm going to rob you. But <laughs> we haven't any money. No? Well, I'll take what you have. Also your jewelry. <laughs> By the way, have you a suitcase? Yes. Ah, good. I'll be able to carry quite a few things in it. Oh, no. I noticed you ladies wearing very beautiful furs, and I see, hanging in your closet, a number of lovely gowns. No, oh, if that's what you're into, take what you want and please leave. <laughs> oh, my good woman. I couldn't think of leaving here before six in the morning. If the police saw me leaving here now with a suitcase, I'd be sure to be arrested. So, you see, it is quite impossible. You intend to, intend to stay here all night? Certainly. And now, with your permission, I'll start packing. But let me tell you this. I've robbed many places, and I'm happy to say I haven't had to use my gun. So I hope you two women will be sensible and not make me use it here. <gasps> Are you the lone wolf? I am. Oh, good heavens. <laughs> Don't be afraid of a man. Any woman who picks out defenseless women to rob is lower than a... Hush, Caroline! One moment. Yes. I rob women, but only because I enjoy their company. You think I'm a terrible person? Perhaps I am, but, but don't you deserve, don't you think I deserve a little credit for always informing the police just where my next move will be? What? You told the police you were coming here. Well, I wrote them a letter saying I would visit Queensbury Street tonight. I suppose they thought that was a blind? Instead of visiting Queensbury Street, they thought we'd visit some other street? Oh, oh no, they didn't. There are two cops on every block walking up and down looking for, looking for the lone wolf. How did you get by them? Why not? <laughs> Nobody knows what I look like. Nobody has ever seen me without this handkerchief across my face. And I always change clothes. Why, I even stopped and asked one of the cops what time it was. I'm just playing a little game of hide and seek with them. How did you get in here? With a pass key. <laughs> Won't you please go and leave us alone? No. <laughs> if, you, if you don't get out of here right away, I'll scream. Oh, if you do, you'll be sorry. <laughs> you little devil, I ought to kill you for that. No, no, please don't. Do you hear that? I ought to kill you. But I'll fix you so you won't scream again. You see this stocking that I just pulled out? It's fine. Well, I'm going <laughs> to gag you with it. Please don't. No, shut up, you. I tried to be nice, but you won't let me. Now, young lady. I guess this will keep you quiet for a while. And you know I find these lamp cords very handy in tying people up. 
Listen, old lady, you answer the phone. And if it's someone calling for your niece, tell them she's asleep and can't be disturbed. If it's someone inquiring about that screen, you say your niece saw a mouse. And remember, don't say anything else. If you do, I'll hit you with the butt end of this gut. I mean it. Now go ahead. Hello? Yes, this is Mrs. Forrest. Who is this, please? Oh, Mr. Williams, what? No, no, nothing's the matter. Caroline screamed because she thought she had seen a mouse. <laughs> I hope she didn't awaken you. Oh, you were just going to bed. Well, thanks for your interest, Mr. Williams. Good night. <laughs> Who was he? The man in the next apartment. Well, we won't hear from him again because now it's your turn to be tied and gay. Oh, uh, <clears throat> please don't tie me. I'm sorry, but I'll have to. Now, you, lie on the bed. All I'll do is bind your hands and feet and, of course, use the stocking. Won't you please listen to me? Do as I tell you and be quick about it. That's better. I'm doing you both a favor by letting you lie in bed. Usually I tie them to a chair, and believe me, it is not so comfortable sitting in a chair all night. Oh, ow, oh! There we are. I guess you're all right. Now, as I am very hungry, and to show you how democratic I am, I'll help myself and eat in the kitchen. Well, pleasant dreams. Good morning, ladies. I trust you slept well. I know I did. And now I am about to depart. That is, as soon as I phone for a taxi. Hello, operator. Give me main 0330. May I say, Mrs. Forrest, that I enjoy the sandwiches and ginger ale very much. Oh, hello. Taxi office. Send a cab right away to the Hudson Apartments on Queensbury Street, will you? Okay. And now, ladies, don't be alarmed. I'll phone the janitor shortly to come up and release you. But first, I think I will call the newspaper. Hello, operator. Get me the Boston Post. Hello, Boston Post. I'd like to speak to the city editor. Oh, he isn't there now. Uh, I'm sorry. Well, tell him when he arrives that if he comes to the Hudson Apartments on Queensbury Street, he will find a good story for his paper. What? What? This is the lone wolf speaking. <laughs> Goodbye, ladies, and thanks for the hospitality. Gong, gong, gong. Inspector! We've just received... <laughs> there we go. <laughs> We've just received another letter from the lone wolf. Here's what he writes. I am the lone wolf. You will not get me till I give up. I will be back tomorrow in Back Bay. Catch me if you can, but I know you're merely wasting your time. No moss grows on a rolling stone. I think you will get him, Chief. You know who he is? Not yet. <laughs> but he wasn't so careful this last time because we got a picture of his right thumbprint on a ginger ale bottle. Mm. We have no record of him here, so we sent the print to New York, Philadelphia, and Washington, hoping he was in the Army or Navy. If so, they'll tell us his name. What description did these two women give him? About the same as Miss Mack gave. The taxi driver also agrees with them. I don't suppose we can do a thing until we hear from the other cities. I don't think so, Chief. Oh, okay. But we should hear very soon now, as we informed them it was urgent and to report immediately. Inspector, we've just received word from New York and Philadelphia. They ain't got no record of the woman over there. Then our only hope now 
is Washington. Washington. Gong, Hello, Chief. I've been waiting for you. Washington sent us the information we've been waiting for. What? This crook enlisted in the Navy, and his name is James Walters. He was given a dishonorable discharge for fraudulent enlistment. And they also sent us his picture. The newspapers are already carrying the story and his picture with an appeal for every reader to watch for him and instantly notify the nearest policeman if they saw him. I am sure, Chief, we will get quick results. I hope so. These outrages must be stopped. Ring! Hello! Yes, madam, this is Chief of Police speaking. What's that? You recognize the picture of the lone wolf? Do you know where he lives? On Wendell Street in South Boston. He's... what? Married, eh? Oh. Well, what's your name? No, we won't publish it. Oh, all right, if that's the way you feel about it. Just as you say. Thanks for the tip, goodbye. Click. <laughs> Inspector! Oh, you're right there. I'm right here. <laughs> take some men and go to this address. See if the tip is straight and take no chances. Gong, gong, gong. Men, surround it! Rooney, Flynn, you come with me. As soon as the door opens, rush in and take no unnecessary chances. Come on! Ding dong! Yes, what do you want? Get out of my way! <laughs> Sit still, Walters! Don't make a move! What do you mean, forcing your way into a man's house? You know what it means! The game is up! What game? <laughs> what do you mean? Now you don't pretend! Now you! 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 Don't you pretend you don't know! She doesn't know, Inspector! No, what? What is it? Why don't you tell me, Jim? I'll tell you just in case you don't know. Okay. Because I don't. This man has been robbing women right and left for months. I don't believe it! This man is the lone wolf! Jim, tell him he lies! You're not! You're not! But dear, I am! Dear, that's all. Well, Inspector, I've had a lot of fun. I suppose the newspapers will carry screaming headlines, Lone Wolf trapped at last. Do you know I'll enjoy reading it? Well, sh shall we go? I'll say so. Stand up. Frisk him, Rooney. Here, I'll take his gun. All right, let's go. Goodbye, dear. Oh, Jim. Come on. With pleasure. Gong, gong, gong. And so the curtain falls. This broadcast is brought to you each week at this time by the Mind Reels in cooperation with the publishers of Startling Detective Agents and Adventures in Magazines <laughs> and Books and Comics. Uh, when I obtain a copy of the November issue, you will find many other interesting stories with the photographs of the principals in each case. And every case is based on police records. Until next week, at the same time, we bid you... Good, good night! night. <laughs> that one was pretty damn <laughs>